Am I on? All right. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, please. Let's get in the Word. Let you know the restaurants are closed today. Till one. Don't get all nervous. Oh, we'll just all, yeah, we'll have a good time. Sit around the pool with straws and drink water. Isaiah 55. (laughs) Isaiah 55, verse 7. I know you're going to say, oh, I've heard that Scripture preached so many times, so many ways. Let's just take it like this is the first time we've ever heard it. Okay? All right? Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then jump on down to verse 12, because this is what happens when you get the thoughts of God going. For you shall go out with joy. You ever wonder, man, why don't I have more joy in my life? Check your thought life. And you shall be led with peace. Why, why don't I feel like God's leading me? Why don't I have peace in my life? Check your thought life. And the mountains and the hills, you want the mountains to disappear? Shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the curse, the thorns, and so forth and so on, the Lord shall give you the blessing. And it shall be to the Lord for a name and an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Now, I want to, what I want to show you for, for a few moments, moments is, you know, the thing that I started meditating on here and seeing, it says that if you will forsake your thoughts, I started thinking, how do I get out of addictions and how do I get of problems? How many, you know, Peter said when the 70 left Jesus and Jesus turned to the disciples and said, are you going to leave me too? Peter said, you have the words of life. Or in other words, I'm so addicted to your word. Job said, I'd rather read your word than eat food. Peter was so addicted to the word of God. And that's how we've got to get. Because if we get addicted to the word, which is the thoughts of the heart of God, then our way will break forth in joy and the mountains will disappear. And we'll see a new level of life like we never experienced before. Why? Because we're learning to get the thoughts of God addicted. If I get addicted to where I've got to have the thoughts of God, then I'll get less addicted to the things I've been addicted to that I don't need to be addicted to. How do I break addiction? By getting addicted to something else. You go to AA or you go to one of these uh, great organizations and they try to get you addicted to something else. To get you unaddicted to what you've been addicted to. Because if you have an addicted personality, you're going to find something to be addicted to. So, did you get all that? Oh, watch out now. So, if we get addicted to the Word of God, we end up... How many of you know, my wife and I next month makes 26 years that we've been married. Can you believe that, Don? 26 years. And the more we, it goes, the more we think the same. Huh, Sister Sue? You, start, you think the same. You say the same thing at the same time and you're not even talking about it. Why? The closer you get to somebody, the more you begin to think like them. And they even say some couples begin to look like each other over the years. So you think like each other. You look like each other. Isn't that what the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives about us and Jesus? 
that we think more like Him and act more like Him. So that's what God is trying to do in our lives is cause us to think more like, like Him. And you know, this talks about forsaking the ways of our thoughts or forsaking our ways and, and, and the thoughts that we shouldn't have. You know, when, when we were in the Caribbean, and I've shared the testimony a number of times, and I know Don remembered uh, when we got the boat to bring back to the Caribbean, and I told you about that. But the natives came to me, and they started teaching me some things because I never drove a boat before, but in a lake. And then uh, we were going to be going down the Caribbean, down rivers. And he says, you've got to be careful for the whirlpools. When you see a whirlpool in the Caribbean, it, it'll suck you down. So the moment you see a whirlpool, you've got to start heading towards the banks. Well, how many of you know that there are whirlpools that have been trying to suck us down because we've been having the wrong thoughts and we haven't been addicted to the right things that raise us up? There's the right food and the right drink, and there's the wrong food and the wrong drink. There's the right conversation, the wrong conversation, right meditation, wrong meditation. According to what we give into, is either going to pull us down or raise us up. How many know we're supposed to be rising higher? Amen. So we want to see these things this morning so that it will break forth and that our lives... How many of you know it says you forsake your ways? How many of you know sometimes life just doesn't make sense? Are you there right now maybe where it just seems like life doesn't make sense? When you start following the way of the Lord, it's the walk of faith. It says four times the just shall live by faith. When you start walking with the Lord, there's a lot of times you're going to be being led, but it doesn't seem like this makes sense what's going on in my life. It didn't make sense for my wife when she was 17 and I was 18 to get married and then two months later to move to the mission field, quit our job, live in the jungles, live overseas. It, a lot of things we went through and a lot of places the Lord moved us to, it just didn't make sense. And a lot of times it didn't make sense with my mind, but I knew God was leading me, and when I followed God, even though it didn't make, make, make sense to me, He always caused it to work out, and, and we make it through. When it looks like it's not going to make it, if you just follow the way of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the thoughts of God, you're going to make it through, but you've got to follow the word and the way of God. And we wonder, why is it things working out for me? Check your thoughts, check your ways. You've got to forsake them. You know, you look in the Word of God, so many things, it was just so extraordinary, so unusual, it just didn't make any sense. You read Hebrews chapter 10 where it says, time doesn't permit us to talk about Daniel and David and, and Solomon and, and, and Balak and all these others that stopped the, uh, fire, the weapons of the enemy, that uh, walked through this and did that and stopped the mouths of lions. How many of you know, it didn't make any sense for the three Hebrew children to say, go ahead and throw us in the fire. Heat it up seven times harder. It doesn't matter because our God will deliver us out of your hand. You know, there's a lot of things you see in the Word of God. It didn't make sense, but it was God's way of thinking. He said, my ways are higher. So that means when we get the higher thoughts, we go the higher life. Amen. So God is wanting us to see this and, and, and get this into our heart. Now listen to this. I'll just read it to you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, write this down. Ephesians 2, verse 7. It says that He might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable. And I'm going to stop right there. That he might demonstrate through the ages. Do you know that Paul, he didn't know your name, but he was seeing you and I in this hour that we're living in. He was seeing the future generations. Because it says in the book of Psalms that from generation to generation, they're going to praise the name of the Lord. God will always have his people in every generation, no matter what. And he was saying here that what you're going to see is that God, Paul was seeing in the future a people that was going to use and be used by God in the immeasurable greatness of His power. I believe that we're that. You're, you know, people are talking about we're in the end times and it seems like all things are coming to an end. But you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing something change as I, I listen to prayer meetings on, on the web and I see God doing these different things. 
I'm hearing a different sound in the church that I believe is going to make us the church of the hour. You know what that sound is? For since I was a kid, I've heard the church saying, I can't wait to get out of here. I heard something this week. Some preacher said, I can't wait to get out of here and leave all my debt to the wicked. And I heard that since I was a kid. The church has always talked about getting out of here. But you know what I'm hearing now? I haven't heard anybody say this, but what I'm hearing now is I hear the heartbeat of the church hurting for the world. We're not trying to get out of here because things are getting worse. We want to be used by God in the immeasurable power of God to get as many saved before He comes back. We're not crying out for an escape hatch like we used to. We say, whatever comes, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be used by God for His glory. So many people, I just can't wait to go. I wish it was today. You know, that would be wonderful, but how many would go to hell? And how many nations wouldn't be touched? I don't know when Jesus is coming back. We may be at the beginning of tribulation, but all I know that even if we are or we're going through tribulation, God says He'll be with us. I've seen the children of Israel, they were taken care of for 40 years in the wilderness by the miraculous, immeasurable power of God. And I want to give you the definition here of the word immeasurable. It means mind-boggling. I mean, it just blows your mind. The way of God, it just blows your mind. How many of you, there are all kind of unusual, weird things going on in the United States right now. We've got a state up north in Michigan where they've got the Muslims have their mosque and they do their prayer and their senator or congressman prayed and swore in through the Koran. But now we've got Florida. How many of you know the elections every year go crazy in Florida? Just weird. But yet Florida is in its second great revival. There's all kinds of things that are just blowing your mind and, and going wild. But God says, if you think my thoughts, I'll bring you to a higher place and, and you'll see great things. The word immeasurable means mind-boggling. It means beyond measure. It means limitless. It means unlimited and surpassing. And what that means, surpassing means, listen church, whatever you and I have experienced in our Christian walk, we haven't got it all because the Word of God is surpassing. That means the Spirit of God will always go beyond what you've ever experienced. So listen, you haven't experienced it all yet. He's been waiting for a church that is hungry and a church that is ready to sacrifice their lives and sacrifice everything so that He could put something on the inside of us through His Spirit so we could think His thoughts and we could walk by faith. And He said, stir us up by faith this morning to know that He wants to do things that beyond what description of anything you've ever gone through. You may say, well, you know, the Lord's healed me of this headache, but, he's, but I've never been healed of this problem, what the doctor tells me I have now. Get ready, because what God's done before, He's getting ready to add new experiences to your life. How many receive that? Amen. Now, Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says, And with great strength and ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord. Surpassing means something never done yet. You say, I'm waiting for something to be done. Well, that's exactly what he's saying here in the Scripture. What you haven't seen come to pass yet, it surely will come to pass. Just don't throw away your confidence. Keep believing and standing in faith. And what you've been believing God for, it's going to come to pass. Just do not get rid of it. The word in the Greek there means special tokens of God's favor. Rules that change. How many of you know rules, nations, and governments can change? Amen. Acts 4.16 says, For an extraordinary miracle has been performed. Say that with me. Extraordinary. An extraordinary miracle of God has been performed. How many of you know that when you're born again, your life is not supposed to be usual but unusual? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. 
Ephesians 3, verse 20. I want you to see this. Ephesians 3 in the Amplified Bible. Ephesians 3, verse 20. I'll be reading on the Amplified. It says this. Now to Him who, by in consequence of the action of His power that is at work within us, is able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly, far above, and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. My thoughts are higher. My dreams are higher. He's, he's, he's telling us, I can do beyond what you dare. Now, the word dare, if you're taking notes, means to have the strength of mind, to have the strength of mind to believe for. The word dare means to be bold and courageous enough to believe. The word dare means to be adventurous. How many adventurous people do we have here this morning? To be courageous and dare enough to be able to say, in the midst of your storm, I believe the word of God, that it shall be unto me even as it was told me. To say, the Lord hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. How many courageous people? I don't know. In this hour, you're going to have to be courageous. Above all, you dare ask. So, Lord, you dared me to dare you to believe for greater extraordinary things because your power is not limited unless I limit it through my thoughts, my dreams, and my prayers. So, I mean, you know, we want to take the limits off this morning. Now, I want to show you just a two-minute clip of something because... I was planning on preaching something uh, between now and Father's Day, and the Lord just told me, I want you to preach on the word unusual. And I thought, okay, well, I have to find it in the Bible. He gave it to me Wednesday. I wrote the title of my message. I wrote, I found the scripture, and then I just felt led to go turn TV on and watch CNN, and they were celebrating Israel's 60th anniversary. And all of a sudden I said, I've got to record this, and I'm glad I did because I want you to watch this part. Because I had just wrote my message Unusual. Oh, go get your kid. Okay, now listen to this. Listen to the word he's going to use three times. Thank you. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen. A few weeks ago, I shared with you things that all of a sudden God told me what to preach. Confirmation. Now how many of you know what happened to me in my living room? When I just wrote the de- my message down about the unusual, I felt let it go sit down and watch CNN, and he uses the word unusual for three times. Three is the number of divine perfection. How many of you know that God was saying, you better preach what I told you to preach? And as we get into this message and we just started today, I want you to realize oh, that's confirmation that if we're going to thank the thoughts of God, we're going to get into some unusual, unexplored territory. And that's why you as a believer are going to have to get adventurous in the things of the Spirit. Well, I wasn't taught that way. Well, maybe He's teaching you now. Well, I used to not believe that way. Well, maybe now He's calling to your higher level. You know, we talked a whole month on change, and now He's saying, I want you to get into the unusual. How many of you know it was unusual when God told Moses to pick up his staff, and all it was was a stick, but it turned into a snake? How many know it was unusual when all the people were saying, what are we going to do now? Here we are at the Red Sea, here comes Pharaoh behind us. And Moses says, what do I do? God says, Raise your stick. It may just seem like a stick, but you do what seems unusual and, and extraordinary to you, and I'll do the extraordinary job. There's over three million. They need water. What do I do? You hit the rock, and I'll give over three million fresh water out of a rock. What do you do when we're fighting the enemy? We don't know what to do. Raise the rod, and as long as you have your staff up, I'll cause you to win over the people. How many of you know... It ended up in the Ark of the Covenant. Why? What you call what you call natural and nothing, I say I'll make it extraordinary. And we got to get to the point that when God tells us to do something, or it seems unusual that we've never done that before, that's exactly the thoughts of God to bring you to a higher place. People saw the flags. We don't even have. People see the flags and they go, that's unusual. Well, then that's God. The Bible talks about even in heaven, there's going to be banners. You know, watch the shofar. Why Cody plays that shofar? God healed him of asthma. If God healed me of asthma, I'd be playing the horn too. It's things that mean things in the spirit realm and our natural mind can't conceive it. So we want to naturally put it down when God is sending that exactly to raise us up. I don't understand that stuff about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't understand that tongue thing and speaking another language. Maybe that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to you and get inside of you to raise you up higher. Just because you may not understand something doesn't mean it's God. Look for it in the Word and let Him confirm His Word with signs following. Amen, church. The unusual. So I want you to see this. In Acts chapter 19, I found this word, unusual, in the Bible. Acts chapter 19. Verse 11. Because some people say, well, you know, that was just coincidence that you went turn TV on and, and he said that same word three times. No, no, no. That's having the thoughts of God. I'm going to share with you in a minute something else that happened just yesterday that confirmed what I had already written down Thursday in my message. It's just God will lead you and confirm, but he wants to challenge you to get his thoughts and thank his thoughts. Amen. Now, what you see here in Acts uh, 19, verse 11, I'm going to read in the Amplified Bible. It says, 
And God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Say unusual. Unusual and extraordinary. Now, the Living Bible says God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. The message translation says that God did powerful things through Paul, things quite out of the ordinary. I want to go there. I'm adventurous. I'm not scared to go there. How about you? I mean, listen, we're talking about the thoughts of God who is more than enough that when he told the disciples to go and let their nets out again, their mind said, we already did that. He says, that's your problem. You're doing it your way and you're thinking your thoughts. Listen to me now. Let your nets out again. And I'll give you such an abundant catch that it's going to almost break the nets and it's going to sink your boat. How about Jesus? He was a blind man. He wanted to get healed of sight. You know what Jesus started doing? A spitting ministry. How do you know people's eyes, blind people's eyes are real sensitive? What did he do? He says, heal me, Lord, for I can't see. He spat on the ground, made some mud, put it on the man's eyes. It says, go wash in the pool. He went wash in the pool, and God gave him sight. Well, that's not the only time. There was a man who had a problem he couldn't speak. Jesus, I can't speak. What did Jesus do? He spat in his hand, got the spit, said, open your mouth, and stuck the spit on the man's tongue. Who wants to be a volunteer? (laughs) Now, how many of you know, if an evangelist would come in here and go around spitting, you wouldn't come up for prayer? (laughs) I don't mind the oil. I don't want the spit. (laughs) But is that what Jesus did? The unusual. I've done it once or twice with spit. I'll do whatever God says I do and the person let me do. He spat. He made the people fit in groups and he broke the breads and the fishes. They brought an adulterous woman to him. Now those days is immediately stoner. And as they threw her on the ground and The men picked up their stones, and imagine the man too was there with a stone hiding. And Jesus broke the law and went, and he knelt beside her. And here's this lady. He does the unusual. He starts riding in the dirt. He didn't go up and say, I prohibit this. This is not what we're supposed to do. He just started riding in the dirt. And the men started dropping their stones and walking away. You've walked in the Gospels with Christ. He always did the unusual. Problem is, we've put them in a box of what we want to be common. We want Him in the religious box. Don't bring none of this unusual stuff. Jumping on chairs, running around the church, shouting hallelujah, raising the hands. No, no, no. This is the way church is supposed to be. Pastor, let me tell you something. This is how church is supposed to be. I never know from one service to the other what church is supposed to be like. Last Sunday night, I didn't even get to preach. We worshipped for the hour. Then miracles started happening. I've been asking a few. And there's healed still. Can you believe that? You never know what's going to happen, but I want God to have His way. Amen. Say with me the unusual. 
the unusual. I mean, extraordinary. Something that's not common, not, not known. You could read, and we're not going to look at it now, but in Esther, chapter 4, verse 13 through 14, they called Esther and they said, I believe you were born for such a time as this. But if you don't, if you decide, listen to this, I love what it says in verse 13 and 14. If you decide to keep quiet right now, then you and your family will probably end up dying with the rest. But God will raise up another because God's plans will always go into effect. You and I can decide to be quiet at this time. You and I can decide we don't want to be part of that at this time. You and I can decide, well, I'm not going to do that type of a change, but you don't have to do it, but God's going to raise somebody else to do it. And then she says, well, you pray that I have favor. God is looking for somebody to stand in the gap. You know, you may have to do unusual stuff. This month, I had wrote in my notes this. My wife and I had the privilege of working with Nikki Cruz, two different crusades. This month, David Wilkerson is celebrating 50 years of Teen Challenge. Now, this man left his small country church, went up to New York. He was walking among those people there in the Bronx. And this one guy says, hey, it's easy for you to come preach sleeping in this car. And this little guy comes up and says, it's easy for you to tell us that God loves us. Look how nice you're dressed. Look at those shoes. And David Wilkerson took his shoes off, gave them to that young boy, and continued walking around barefoot for the rest of the time. Nikki Cruz, leader of the Mau Mau's, went up to him and got a switchblade in his face and said, I want to cut you into a thousand pieces. David Wilkerson had said, and every piece will cry out, I love you. David Wilkerson went around preaching and trying to help these young people. And everybody thought he was crazy. And his wife was back home worried and praying for him. But as I was thinking about Nicky Cruz and his different stories and being raised by a witch there in Puerto Rico and, and, and ran away from home when he was eight years old and all the different things that he was, he was living through and going through. And God says, you see, I can use the unusual. It's not just being your stereotype pastor, preacher, or Christian. It's about being unusual, peculiar, wild, extraordinary, and crazy and willing to do anything today that will get the job done. Well, I got Charisma Magazine and opened it up yesterday. Nikki Cruz is turning 69, is winning thousands and thousands of souls around the world. I thought, wow, I got, I got Charisma right there. I go, wow, I just wrote about him Thursday, and now I get Charisma Magazine. He's in there, but not only that, listen to this. Next year, Hollywood's making a movie about his life. And they're using the directors and everything of that movie Stomp and all those other type of movies. They're using the best to make a new movie of Run, Baby, Run by Nikki Cruz next year. Now, you see, you start hearing from God and you just flow with God. God will just keep speaking things to, to you and confirming things to you. And you say, I've never heard God speak to me. Well, don't put a top and say, I'll never hear God speak to me. Say, I'm ready for God to speak to me. But think about it is, He may tell you to do something crazy just to see if you're willing to do it. He may tell you if you're dating to break up with somebody for a while to see if you're willing to sacrifice that. He may tell you to quit your job and go overseas and you say, I'll never do that. He may be testing you to see if you'd be willing to give it all up just to do the unusual. He may be challenging you today to, give, to start tithing. That'd be an unusual for you. 
I'm not going to start tithing when things are getting worse. I need my money now. He says, prove me in this. I mean, all these areas, it seems unusual, but it's what God is wanting to set the church up for. The unusual. Amen. He's a too much God. Now listen to this. We had the battle of the bands. These young people were coming up to me and they go, you know, it was a headbanging music and that screaming, screeching, what was it? Screamo. This one guy got the drums and was flipping over backwards. I mean, it was wild and loud. But seven kids got saved. The people, I don't go for that music. It reached those kids and it got them saved. Hymns won't do it for this generation. It's being the unusual. Amen. Being anything we have to be to reach those type of people. The unusual. You know, you talk about giving. You know, Solomon, I mean, you know, it was, you had to sacrifice one lamb per family. Well, can you imagine one day it says in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 4, I believe it is, where all of a sudden Samuel shows up and he shows up with a thousand sheep. Can you imagine everybody's there with their one lamb and they hear the feel the earth shaking and they look out the door and here comes King Solomon with a thousand sheep as a sacrifice. That was unusual. It had never been done before. But you know what? The next verse, Samuel's sleeping in his tent and God comes to him the next verse and says, ask anything of me in a dream and I'll give it to you. Two years later, he gives over 144,000 sacrifices because he found that when I do the unusual and believe God, God will do the unusual and give me something I didn't even dream of having. What's the unusual you have to do? Maybe is it, is it going to be to start talking to somebody you haven't talked to in a while? Is the unusual helping somebody you see in need and giving them a hand and helping them out or, or turning our backs and going off the other way? What is going to be different for you and I to start doing, to get done what we need to get done. Amen. Dipping in the Jordan seven times. Elisha telling a widow, before you bake a cake for you and your sons, bake me one first. Well, that's awfully rude. But he had the thoughts of God and it worked and it supplied that widow what she needed for her and her children for three and a half years. Miracles happen when we do something different. How many of you know, unusual, the Messiah came and was born in a barn. Came as a carpenter. Died a cruel death on the cross. By doing the unusual, how many of you know it brought forth the resurrection? Amen. Acts chapter 8 verse 13 says, So fascinated with all the God signs and miracles. Say God signs. God signs and miracles. Hey, how about the guys in, in Luke 5 where he brought their little friend and they tore the roof open and let him down so that he could be by Jesus. And how unusual for Jesus to say, uh, your sins be forgiven you. They've never heard that before. They even attacked him for it, but he still said it. Your sins be forgiven you. Pick up your bed and walk. It was unusual, but it worked. I'm challenging you today. For with the hour you're living in, if God tells you to put water in your gas tank because He's going to turn it into gas, and you know God told you to do it, you do it, and He will turn the water into gas because He's the one who turned the water into wine. If He says to put the plates on the table and there is no food, He is still the God who knows how, like He did for that missionary in Alaska, send a fish 
sent a bird over the chimney with a fish in his mouth, drop it down the fireplace, grab the fish, and cook it and feed the kids. He is still the God who knows how to multiply the fishes and bread. But if we stay closed minded in the end time, we will not be people of the unusual, miraculous, working power of the Most High God. He says, your thoughts are not my thoughts, so I want to challenge your thinking. I want to challenge the way you think. Your ways are not my ways. I want to challenge your ways. Well, that's not my way. He says, well, you'll never reap my way. His thoughts reap His works. His ways reap His miraculous. And church, I know what's going on in everything that we see. Something is going on among the nations and in this nation. And I know as a church, we've got to be ready to do whatever seems like that's mind-boggling. I can't see it. But here we are today sitting in this building debt-free. Just back in the end of 99. Had that little bitty building with a few people. Then it started, got down to, sometimes we had eight people in a service. And then God get, told us to get this land. Bought this land for 300000 The lady wanted 600000 She called the police when we came, walked the property. Had to get off. Offered her 300000 and she laughed. But then when she ended up in the hospital, she says, bring that paper. Let's go ahead and get that land sold for 300000 We were able to pay cash for it. Now that's extraordinary. Having a church in this type of a location, then later on having a hotel and a conference center built right here, and guess what? A Holiday Inn Express is going to be built right on the corner next to us in that empty lot. We're surrounded by two hotels. Why? The unusual and the extraordinary. Now I found some, we found land in different places and we found buildings already built in different places that we could have bought debt free and the building would have already been built and we would have had the cash to do it for the price of this land. But we would have been off somewhere. God says, I want you on this highway. Well, that's, that, that's unusual. That's me, says the Lord. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting expanded. I'm growing on the inside. I want to encourage you that God is going to start telling you some things that you say, I've never done that before. Well, welcome to the club. He said He's going to make you surpass what you've done. Amen. Thank God for the miracles and the cancers healed and all the things we've seen already. But you know what? It's not what's already been done. It's all the things that are coming. If we keep believing God. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 about the gifts. There are gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. Say, I'm expecting. Extraordinary. Unusual. Divine. Set-ups. By God. And I want to finish in Psalms 107. Psalms 107. Verse 21. Verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. It's uncommon. But that sounds like God. You may be at work and somebody tell you, I've been having a lot of back trouble. He says, make them sit down, grab their legs, put their heels together, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the anointing of the gifts of healings to make their legs grow out. Oh, not me. Do it. 
I want you to take that person who's been so mean to you out to lunch, and I want you to tell them that you love them and that you want to pray for them. Oh, I'm too shy. Do it. Unusual, peculiar people are going to get the result of the divine God. This is our hour. We don't want to let it pass us by. It says in Psalms 107, verse 20, He sent forth His Word and healed them and rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His wonderful deeds for men. Say wonderful deeds. Wonderful deeds. Extraordinary. Things out of this world. Things that your mind and heart hasn't even conceived yet are the things God has prepared and He's planned for you. I mean, look what Esther did when she obeyed and she went by faith and she says, If I die, I die, but call the people to fast and pray. Because I'm going to go before this king, whatever, whatever. We see a generation right now rising up that it's not about life and it's not about things. It's all about God. These calls that Lou Engle's doing and 400,000 people are gathering in and, and, and Jerusalem and Las Vegas and in Washington, D.C. in August. And all these gatherings, you see these young people, it's not about who's the most stylish. I mean, they're there with dreads and flip-flops. I mean, look what's happening in Florida. Here's this guy who's seen miraculous. He's got tattoos from here down. He's got a ring, a piercing here, a piercing here, a piercing her. Here, he wears short sleeve shirts. He's got tattoos all over. Uh, he's short. He's uh, healthy. And you look at him and you go, you know, this don't look like no preacher. This is unusual. But guess what? They're getting out of wheelchairs. Tumors are falling on the ground. They're having a revival of God. People are helping with mohawks on. People you look at and you think they just got out of a motorcycle gang. But God is using these people in such a miraculous way. And so many say, oh, that just doesn't look like the way it should be done. Church shouldn't be done that way. Hey, God, in this end time, He is saying, I'm going to take you out of all the modes, all the old ways of thinking. I'm going to be blowing your mind on how church is done. I believe it's going to be the wild one. That's going to raise the dead. I believe it's going to be the wild ones who are so in tune with God for the unusual. Like Lester Summerall, uh, like Smith Wigglesworth, who would grab a dead person out of the casket, throw it up, and watch it fall to the ground seven times. And go back and pick it up again and say, I said live. And then the last time, the dead person landed on its feet. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the opportunity to start spitting. I, I spit on you. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the opportunity when I start seeing people start running around and jumping and praising God and glorifying God and praising God for all of His wonderful deeds. I can't wait to see people get excited about the one who gave His life, who paid the price, who got inside of us and causes us to come alive. I don't know about you, but we're called to be alive. 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 We're not the dead. We're not the lost. We're the alive. And I love this Christian world. I love my life. I love what God is doing and what I know He's getting ready to do. In you. A church that is coming alive. After the image 
Not of rod parsley. Not of Joyce Mars. After the image of Jesus Christ. Because he says, I'm tired of the focus on the outward. Because the only thing of me is on the inside. And when my body can start seeing me on the inside of my people, I'm going to be glorified. Because it's not the outward anymore. It's the heart. And he's tried telling us that, but we started focus on the outward. The cars, the houses, the clothes, this, that, and the other, that'll all be burnt up. But he says, more you look, the heart, the heart, the heart. What's real? What's eternal? That which is on the inside. Yeah. When you start moving on the inside, it's going to be unusual. It's going to be wild. Lord, to speak to you. Give her your favorite dress. But Lord, that's my only Dillard's dress. Well, give it to her anyway. Give them your car. <gasps> do this, do that. The miraculous, the unusual is waiting for us. You heard the confirmation of the word unusual, the extraordinary, God wants to challenge us. What's He going to cause us to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to remain the same and say, God, why don't you do anything? He says, why don't you do what I've been asking you to do? We're not getting more results because we keep doing the same thing we've been doing that doesn't bring the results. But when we start doing the unusual... God will manifest on the scene. Amen? Amen. Let's stand on our feet.